Sometimes you just want the quick facts. No opinions, no speculation. I'm Claire Thornton, an audio editor with USA Today. My team works around the clock to bring you the Five Things podcast. Every morning, me and my co-host Taylor Wilson help you know what to keep an eye out for that day. We always have a fresh mix of stories, from politics to entertainment to sports, covering all parts of the country. On Sundays, you can lean back with in-depth episodes about stories you may have heard earlier that week. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows and start listening to Five Things today. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds. Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday and happy New Year. I know, to the first pot of 2021, I think. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Um, let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week is, I know I've mentioned NBA 2K21 a couple times, but this has genuinely been the thing that's gotten me through the week. Um, I discovered the uh, this mode called My Team, which is basically a card-based version of the game where you assemble a fantasy roster of players and you get all these different card packs and you get players that way and you can assemble kind of your own dream team, if you will. So... It's similar to what Brian has talked about with Madden and Ultimate Team. So if you have are a previous listener of this pod and remember this. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I'm very much hooked on it. Um, I have been loving the nostalgia of like finding all these old players from like the 90s and stuff that I remember watching when I was younger. So it's been really enjoyable. And yeah, I love it. And that thankfully that I've had that for the last week or so. So well, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because my my seven year my eight year old daughter I can't remember age apparently eight year old daughter um like over the over the the break she like she all of a sudden liked likes LeBron James all of a sudden and she wanted to get NBA two K twenty one and I was like are you sure she's like yeah I want to get I want to play that game I'm like okay and we haven't gotten very far <laughs> because she can't play defense um but, so it's very much like the nba but uh so i i have i have a feeling i might i might be by be doing that my team too because i mean that's the thing i love about madden and you know i, I might in a couple of weeks i might be the only person playing this basketball game well it's funny you say that because my son got into nba 2k21 um right around pandemic time and so mm. he's become a basketball fiend ever since which as a basketball fan myself, has brought me great joy. So well, that's, um, how, that's how I got into. I, so I got into um, loving basketball. I was playing Lakers versus Celtics, EA, on a computer, like in the early in the late eighties. So you know, it can happen to anybody. 
True. Classic. Yeah. Um, I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies. And uh, what's getting me through this week, and actually got me through the holiday break, was uh, The Queen's Gambit, which is the um, the Netflix chess show with Anya Taylor-Joy as this, like, chess prodigy who, like, kicks everybody's ass. You know, everybody, everybody loved it, and I... It was pretty good. The only thing, the only thing I didn't love is because they had all these like chess montage. It's like it's like it's there's very much like a sports underdog sports movie element to it. Even though she's like the best player in like the world, and it, there's no real underdog element. You just want to see her like kick everyone's. <laughs> um, but there's all these montages that are done to, like classical music or sometimes like. 60s music and i'm like i need like somebody to get on youtube and do like an 80s rock montage a la like rocky four or something like do some sur- like set set like one of the queen's gambit chess montages to like survivor i needed that <laughs> somebody needs to do that the only thing i was missing about that is just like these montages call for like some kind of 80s rock sequence I mean, you're the best is sitting right there waiting to be used exactly. during a sequence like this. Right there. Yes. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, people are, I can't do it because I'm not going to go to like, you know, video editing and, and YouTube. But it's like somebody's got to have thought about this at this point. Was there dramatic use of the phrase checkmate during any episode? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's always like, you know, queen mate or, you know, mate or, you know, it's, you know, for again, for a chess show, it's pre- it's, it is actually pretty entertaining and pretty dramatic. Um, but yeah, it just needs more eighties rock. Oh, well, there you go. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome, uh, new episodes of the mothership drop every Friday and you can subscribe for free on Apple podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. Uh, while you're on Apple podcasts, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show, uh, by doing that, you'll help other fans who love nerdy pop culture, find us. And as a bonus, we give you a shout out on the next episode, just like our fellow listener whose name I'm probably going to butcher, but I'm going to say it anyway, Bappy. We should have a segment where Brett mispronounces every listener's name. So anyway, um, it says, I'm not sure if I ever left a review for this podcast. If I did, it was years ago. I'm a longtime listener and I've always enjoyed the group that puts the podcast together. It's one of my favorite pop culture podcasts. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, Thanks for loving us. Exactly. That's, and that's all we need in 2021. Just a little love. So much love. Exactly. So see, try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It's all upside for you. Uh, Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod, or you can email MothershipPod at USAToday.com. On to the main topic. Here's a clip. The whole reason these kids got into trouble was because of us. We can't let them suffer because of our issues. The only way to end this is by working together. So, what do you say? We were the good guys. We try to be. There's one thing I do know for sure. You can't run away from your problems. I might never be able to... Never. Can't. Those are just words. They're meaningless. You're not a kid anymore. The world isn't just going to hand it to you. That was from the third season of Cobra Kai, which is available now on Netflix. It came out on New Year's Day. If you are not speaking of you're the best, exactly, nothing's going to ever keep you down. Um, it came out on New Year's Day. It is based on the Karate Kid movies. I guess we can now call it the Karate Kid Cinematic Universe because we have reached that point. 
Uh, the Miyagi exactly. verse. <laughs> it focuses on the two main characters of the original movie, um, Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio, and Johnny Lawrence, played by Billy Zapka, and kind of following their life um, several years after the All-Valley Tournament, um, which was depicted in the first movie, kind of seeing where their life turned. Um, really interesting series. It actually started on YouTube before Netflix picked it up for the third season. And that's what we're going to talk about, that third season and kind of what we feel about it, kind of where we think the show might go moving forward, and the endless array of karate fights that seem to happen everywhere in this town that these kids live in. So here we go. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai yet, very quick warning, we're going to spoil what happens in the series. So if you don't want to know about it, just turn off this pod and come back later. Um, So there you go. I am at episode i just finished episode five brian you finished the whole series yes yes so i will try not to, to spoil anything for you now that <laughs> now that you have seen the totality of this in season three what are your thoughts so i i feel like so i mean i've i've talked about my love for the show before because i think you know that first season of the show is just just a miracle because a that it got made b that it's so good and c the fact that like it makes us like weird little Rocky underdog movie from 84 so much better in retrospect because it fleshes out the characters 30 years later. And, and it just so interestingly um, talks about what those characters went through in, in like, you know, kind of modern versions of them. So, you know, it's not, it's, they, they catch up with the same characters, but through, you know, through a younger generation, you understand what those characters so long ago went through. So, like, you know, the evil Cobra Kai guys aren't just kind of like 80s villains. There, you know, there's a reason for why they were like that. And it's, it's, it's just so, it's just so good how they did that. I like season two. It was just, it was a little, it's just, it was a little too serious. For what, for, you know, com- compared to the first season, um, you know, it ended with like, you know, one of the kids falling off, you know, it's like a stair thing and like, you know, crushing his back and like, oh, he's like, and the other person would probably be dead. You know, this guy, this guy gets back up in the, you know, third season, but, you know, it ended on such like a crazy serious note. It was fine, but it was just like, well, how are they, where are they going to go for, from here? But what I really like about the third season is it brings back people from the original movies that continues to, like again, like build out this Miyagi-verse. And it adds different levels to, again, these movies that came out in the 80s that were very... Yeah, they were they're not really substantial. They were more kind of style. They were very eighties movies. But they, you know, now they're telling these stories that add so much depth to them. Um, so I, so they brought back new char- They brought back old characters. They have new characters that fill certain slots that need need to in terms of story. And it's just it's so good. And and, and it's funny because they they take it seriously. But again, there's like this kind of like wink and a nod to to how kind of crazy this is too because like you know the the city council wants to like cancel the all valley tournament this year because of all the karate gangs you know going through this little california town and like how you know so there's like there's kind of a a over the top element that really feels kind of like it's true to the again the miyagi verse but also very it's entertaining, but and it's also very appealing to people who you know maybe they didn't watch the movies, but are just watching this like weird little karate show 
on Netflix, and it's it, it, it's very appealing, and it, it it's it's and it, it always leaves you cliffhangers and everything, and it, they have interesting characters, and there's a very there's very much a guilty pleasure aspect to it for sure, because there's so much kind of age references, and uh, again it, we go we go back to what this you know these movies, but. It also, it's just really good. I mean, the characters are really good. They go interesting places with the story. So I, I just can't, I can't speak highly enough of it. The, the fact that we have three really, you know, good seasons of this show that shouldn't be is, is a miracle. Um, the thing that stands out most to me about Cobra Kai, and they still do this with season three from what I've seen, is that every character has some kind of redeemable quality or some kind of weird... There's there's something like sympathetic you have to everybody, even Crease. Crease mm-hmm. is the guy. If you remember from the movies, he ran Cobra Kai in the movies. He's the one that almost choked out Johnny Lawrence at the start of Karate Kid Two. Got dismissed by Miyagi, pretty much, and then disappeared. Comes back for Cobra Kai, and he initially comes off as a very sympathetic figure. It looks like he's obviously dealing with a lot of issues in his personal life. Um, they even show a they even show a scene when he's younger, like I think in high school, and you just get a sense of how he was growing up and his history and his family. And there's just so many layers to these characters, and you start to understand why they think the way they do. Um, you know, Crease has always been about strength versus weakness, and you see that, and you see how he grew up and why he thinks that way, and it's fascinating. And I'm. I'm so shocked that of all the shows and movies that have able to deliver this kind of stuff, it is Karate Kid. Um, so I'm still marveled by that. The other thing I'm marveled by, which could be a drinking game at this point, is the number of times someone <laughs> says bad in an episode. I'm fairly yeah. certain you could make a drinking game out of that at this point. You could also make a drinking game of the number of times the authorities or parents do not show up when there's like a huge karate brawl, which is getting to be a little crazy at this point. Oh yeah, I like that was you know a lot of people had the problem was like you know with the the karate throwdown that ended with like so many injuries in the season finale of the second season, um, everybody's like, well, where are all the adults during all this? It, again, it was serious then, but in like now it's kind of played off as funny. Like the adults are of course never around, you know. Dan- Daniel and and Johnny are are. are are kind of feuding again at like a country club. Meanwhile, there's like this all out like brawl happening, you know, and like they have no idea it's even happening. So it's, it's even occurring. So it's almost played not for last, but almost like a, again, a high, a higher comedy element to it where it's like, there's still, still serious, you know, karate brawls, bad fights and stuff. But like, there's the higher element of like, the adults are just like clueless. Any of this stuff is actually happening. Yeah, I made this joke on Twitter about how I feel so bad for the teachers at the high school because, you know, they leave the school year and everybody's like typical high school and they come back and everybody's a ninja now. And now everybody's like roundhouse kicking each other. And you're just like, how do you police this? So and then, you know, obviously season three, they delve into that more. Um, but one question I will ask because obviously the show centers around Daniel and Johnny. Whose character arc do you find more interesting? So before this season, I would have said Johnny just because it's been very much like a redemption story for him because, you know, he was just this like cruel, blonde haired, very stereotypical 80s villain in the in the 
first movie and you know at the end of the first movie when he when he loses he's like you're all right LaRusso you know at the end you know, he gets Crane kicked in the face and you know and then in Karate Kid 2 the beginning of Karate Kid 2 when Kreese tries to choke him out and Miyagi saves him you know that was pretty much that character you know that was the end of that character but now we get to see you know 30 years later he is still that you know there's a there's a sense of arrest of development with that character he's never really grown up He's still that kid, you know. He's he's a dad, you know. He he's divorced, you know. He he wants to find love, but yet, you know, kind of being a bad is still kind of as as the series started was still at the top of like his priority list. And then he learned, you know, through working with Miguel, who's you know kind of his the kid he's kind of taken on as like kind of a, a young, you know, almost the son he didn't he doesn't have because his his other son hates him. It builds him out more because you kind of see him growing up now. You see him like actually becoming adult and having and, and learning what's really important. But yet, yet as much as kind of a anti-hero he's become, there's always like the fact that Daniel Larusso is always right there, and he will never forget that feud. There will always, you know, even though they kind of team up and there's like they're not, they don't hate each other as much as they did. They're still like when they're together, they do not like one another. It's like, and you know, and so one character, I'm not going to give anything away. But one character points out to them, you know, it's just like, you guys are totally the same person. It's the fact of like, you don't like each other because you see, you see that part of yourself in the other person, you don't like it. And it's, and it's, and, it's, and you're like, and then they're, they're sitting there like, oh, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's, 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 it's you know, I, I like his arc. Um, LaRusso's arc, I mean, he was kind of presented almost like as not really a villain, but kind of an antagonist in the first season. And then second season, he, he took on, he was the sensei for Johnny's real kid. And so, you know, so he was less of a villain, but more, so you're like, well, maybe he'll get this, you know, this kid on the straight and narrow. And then that didn't go well. And, and so this, this season has been really interesting because it very much ties into, he goes back to, to Asia and there's a lot of stuff with like Karate Kid 2 in, in terms of like what he needs to learn and he needs to learn more about Miyagi and he needs to learn more about what, you know, more about this, this kind of like karate he's been, you know, eschewing for, for, for decades and, or, you know, not eschewing, but like, you know, kind of like propagating and, and it, you know he needs to learn something new because Crease is there, and Crease needs to be taken out, and that's you know, and so it's kind of like Daniel and 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 Johnny have to kind of like get over their differences because there is this much worse figure in the Hill Valley karate scene that you know all, all Valley karate, karate scene that they need to deal with. Hill Valley, apparently, you know, maybe Hill Valley, <laughs> that was a part of Back to the Future we never saw, the Hill Valley Karate Tournament. But yeah. the, thing, the thing about Daniel's story that I appreciate is it always seems to be playing off the theme of balance. And it's something that Miyagi always taught him through his life. Must have balance. Um, and you feel like with season three, he's very much off balance and he's lost. And I think that's why you see kind of the arc he takes where he, you know, He's on the verge of losing his business. And then he goes to Okinawa to try to, um, you know, he goes to Japan initially to try to, to make things right. But then he ends up going back to Okinawa to, to visit where Miyagi um, came from. And again, 
he kind of then writes, it seems like he kind of balances himself out a little bit, but I like that journey from two to three where he's still trying to figure out why he's lost there. It's, it's almost like Miyagi's passing left kind of a void in him that he's trying to fill and figure out. And he still hasn't figured that out yet. And I think that's what makes him interesting. And I like, I like what they've done with Johnny. And I feel like it's so far, it's a little bit more of that same. He's battling against his high school self because he's still, he's like the, he, again, he's like the jock that is stuck in high school. And, you know, he's years later, He's just high school were the best. He's he's the person that you get the sense that high school were the best years of his life. And so he just wants to live mm-hmm. in high school. And I feel like Johnny seems to be slowly coming out of that. And, you know, I like that journey. But I do like the fact that Daniel, who was someone that was so assured of himself, had this great family, had a great business, and seemed like he had it all together, is still dealing with the same issues of just, you know, I think to some degree acceptance too. Because, you know, I think he... I think there was part of him, and and this gets revealed at some point in season three, where he feels like, you know, was Miyagi proud of him? Would Miyagi Mm -hmm. be okay with all the decisions he was making? Um, And, you know, there's still a lot of guilt for him that carries over after the ending of season two with what happens with Robbie, um, Johnny's son. And so I, I just find his path is a lot, it seems a little bit more layered. And I like the fact that they're not, he's just the confident He's got it all together guy. Like he's, he's kind of trying to find his own way too, just like Johnny is. Well, and also, I mean, you know, and when he gets, he gets easily taken off balance and when he gets easily taken off balance, you know, kind of that, that, um, that fight or flight response kicks in and he wants to fight. And you saw it in the original movie, you know, he just got his kicked because he didn't know how to fight. And so he still has that same thing. Now he knows how to fight, but now he has to learn that like fighting isn't everything. He has to understand more of like what Miyagi taught him about about balance and like being smarter and having different different um ways to deal with your foe rather than just like the ways you've always done. Absolutely. Um so I mean let's get let's get into some of the other characters of the show because obviously it's focused around Johnny and um Daniel, but you know, there's a lot of other characters um, represented in the show. Is there anyone in particular that you really like or dislike? Miguel's story is is very interesting. I love Sam. Sam's great. She's she's pretty fantastic. Um, are there other characters in the show that you're particularly um, fond of or not fond of? I think Miguel, just because I think you know, kind of he is the way in in the um, in the first season. You know, kind of we know you know we know Johnny because of what had happened like 30 years before. But Miguel is the way in for a new audience member to like this crazy universe where you know karate is everything, and and so I, I think that I think I'll probably like him because of that. Um, and so I, and there's a lot to like in this season as you know he needs to learn how to walk again, and you know and and his mom's you know his mom's dealing with like you know do I let him do karate again or you know should he should I keep him from this thing he loves, and it's. You know, and he has to deal with like, you know, Robbie who put him in the hospital. He has to deal with like his ex girlfriend. You know, there's Sam, and then there's the other Cobra Kai chick too. And there's, and, and, but it's Johnny who has to be his, sen- you know, Johnny's his sensei. Johnny's his guy. And he, Johnny's the guy who has to, you know, who has to be the one who gets him back on his feet, you know, literally and figuratively. And so I, I, so I really like him. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Uh, it's it's interesting kind of seeing the other kind of like side supporting kids because they're all kind of they're all kind of. <laughs> really even like the good guys are kind of it's funny you say that because i think hawk went from like sympathetic kid that you felt bad for to the newest entrant in the punchable face tournament because right he's just i mean he's like the worst he's the worst of the worst in season three right well, well i'm not gonna ruin anything for you but he comes he does come back around a little bit to where he started because he 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 begins to realize he is being who the people who picked on him in the first season, he, you know, he, you know, he is, he is faced with like old foes who, who, you know, people who disrespected him or the people who, you know, who, who took, you know, kind of made him go to Cobra Kai. He's now has to deal with them on a face-to-face level again. So I think it puts him back in an interesting place by the end of the season. Um, even though he's done some pretty bad stuff, um, yeah, so and I I think and I like Crease. The, the the like my one big quibble of the show though is I don't think he needs an origin story. I because I feel like everyone else does have an origin story, but I feel like you are by you're making I maybe later on down the line he, he could have been more sympathetic and you know the way I as I'm watching the, the origins or we're watching this season like his origin story and like Daniel's little Asian jaunt didn't really make a whole lot of sense at first because you're like, why are they doing these things? And then they did pay off, but you know later on. But I felt like you're you're kind of giving him an opening to like that he's not that bad a person, and that's his whole deal is the fact that like he is the guy who who who's not good, who he is the guy that has to be the person who you know who daniel and 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 johnny have to battle against because he is he is the worst what i find interesting about him is that they do attempt to make him sympathetic but i think what you know i realized when i was watching this a prime example of this is when he helps tori who is the one girl who's in cobra kai and she's having issues at home her mom's sick she can't pay rent and so crease basically makes an arrangement quote quote unquote arrangement where her bills are covered so she can go to Cobra Kai, which seems like, oh, she's he's helping this girl out, but there's a little bit of a layer of manipulation with all that. And I feel mm-hmm. like they touch on that a little bit, I think, too, because I think they referenced Karate Kid 3 in the previous season because they talk about Daniel saying that he was once in Cobra Kai. And I think one of the, if I remember right from Karate Kid 3, I think one of the storylines behind that was Daniel was in Cobra Kai briefly, but it was all this big ruse by Crease or something. Um, right, but it was it was the other guy who was his name Silver or something. I cannot remember. So there was like his other his other friend from the service was just like you know, Crease was in bad was in bad shape after like what had happened with Miyagi. He was like down in the dumps and everything. So his old friend comes comes back, says, "Oh, you go on vacation. I'll take care of Cobra Kai." And so he's got like his sights set on Miyagi, and you know. Miyagi and and Daniel and want to like you know humiliate and embarrass them and then so he like yeah I think he tries to like bring bring Daniel over to Cobra Kai and then ends up like you know again betray- you know there's betrayal and you know he has but he has this other champion who's who's gonna totally kick you know 
Daniel's ass, and then of course Daniel wins. And so there is, there is, yeah, there, there's been parts of that sprinkled throughout. Of like, we haven't really gone gone totally into Karate Kid three yet, but there's been like little pieces of it that have been sprinkled throughout. Okay, one last question before we wrap this up: How surprised are you that we have spent all this time talking about basically a Karate Kid universe? Because you know, even when season one came out, I was really impressed, but I never thought we'd get to this point with three full seasons of the show and they have really fleshed out this pretty solid like story and history with just pretty much three movies. Well, what kind of, what kind of irritates me um, is the fact of like, we could have been doing this for three years. We could have had three years of like people loving this show. Like it could have been stranger things. It could be, I mean, now people love it, but you know, it, it, it ended up going, you know, it, it, Netflix wanted it originally. And then they ended up going with YouTube. And then no one watched it on YouTube Red, you know. And then it was on the second season. Nobody watched it. And then finally, like, Netflix got it. And now all of a sudden, like, everybody's watching it. But I'm like, you know, me and other people are like, this, you know, even on YouTube Red. Or like, you just go get the trial of YouTube Red. Watch this show. It's amazing. You know, it, it 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 shouldn't be this good, but it is. You know, it is it is so good, and yet people don't do it. You know, because like, oh, I don't want to get another streaming service. But yet, when it's on Netflix, everybody everybody flipping loves it. So you know, I that's that's irritating that like we could have been like three years of loving this show and like having like you know Karate Kid podcasts and you know Karate Kid memes and this. It could have been like Stranger Things, but I you know everything in its own time. So I feel like now that like everybody's on board, we'll ha- there's at least one more season coming, uh, you know, a fourth season that's already been it's been renewed. So so we will keep talking about the show and and people are still discovering it. But it's just like, man, we could have been like we could have had like cra- Cobra Kai conventions at Comic Con panels at Comic Con. We could you know Funko Pops. I mean, this could this could have been like a big thing, you know, but you know. But like it took so long to get into the to the um to the public mainstream, so. But yeah, everybody loves it now, so that's all. That's all good. The only thing that matters to me is that guy Dutch is still in jail. Let him rot. F that dude. Can't stand that guy. So we were, yeah. You know, we don't want to ruin too much stuff because I know you're still getting through it. But like, you know, there's quite a few people from the old movies that came back in this in this season. Um. There, you know, one one of the Cobra Kai's, you know, died in real life, who appeared, I think it was last season. Yes. So the, a bunch of the Karate Kid guys have come back. I mean, we got to bring the best. I mean, like, like uh, Elizabeth Shue's brother was like an uncredited guy. Andrew Shue was an uncredited guy in Cobra Kai. Bring him back. Give him a name, for God's sake. Um, you know, maybe he can be like Elizabeth Shue's brother in the movie that we just never knew about. Um, Hillary Swank has got to make some kind of appearance because she is she you know she was the next Karate Kid she should be in the Miyagi verse and I you know I think that's that's probably the goal you know the Holy Grail is to get Hillary Swank on that show at this point and she would be I mean like if you've watched The Hunt and this movie Fatal that she's in she's good at really playing bad people so I feel like. She would be interesting to put in there as like someone who needs that that redemption story back. She needs to get back to like where she was in in the movie, like that you know the good person. Um, but yeah, just bring, bring back everybody. Just 
anybody's ever been in a in a Karate Kid movie, find out where they are. Just bring them back. Random guy eating popcorn during the All Valley Tournament in Karate Kid One. Congratulations! Come on back. Right, the referee in the All Valley Tournament, I feel like, was also an over the top. I don't know if he's dead or something, but like, bring that guy back. Like the guy with the awesome mustache. Like the the, the referee. I think I think that's what I'm talking. About. I don't know, but like, bring yeah, bring back some like rando people who like just came just like. You saw, like, for one, like, even the tournament people, like, the guys in the, in the You're the Best video that, like, just were on, like, in the montage for, like, a couple seconds. Bring those guys back. Bring the, Everybody needs to come back. Bring the Cobra Kai Porkins guy. He's got to come back at least. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring him back. Well, at least they had, like, the Cobra Kai Porkins guy in, in the show, too. So that, that worked. That's true. That's true. Good point. Um, okay, listeners, it's your turn. Have you watched Cobra Kai yet? What do you think of season three? How excited are you about a Karate Kid cinematic universe? Uh, let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Uh, that'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of The Mothership, Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a rating or review. Helps other people find the show, and we get some awesome feedback. Um, if Apple Podcasts isn't your jam, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, Happy New Year, and nerds out. You're the best! <laughs>